0: Welcome to the Sisterhood and Co podcast. I'm your host Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me.
1: I am. I'm going to be jumping into the book of Deuteronomy as we kind of round this little series out. So I wanted to kind of jump in with a couple of facts about Deuteronomy before we um, jump into what I feel like the Lord has um, put on my heart to share with you about it. Um, Deuteronomy, the actual word Deuteronomy means, um, in the Hebrew, it's Devarim. Deber, um, and it means these words, like these words. And when you read the very first verse of Deuteronomy, it says, these are the words that the Lord God gave to Moses for the people of Israel. So we're going to dig into some of those words tonight. And um, in the Greek, that's what it's actually named at, Deuteronomium. Deuteronomium, that's it. Um, and it, it means the second law. not something? The second the second law. I mean, he gave us the 10 commandments. Yes, yes. And now Moses is going, I'm going to tell y'all one more again. One more again. I'm going to go through this one more again for y'all. The second law, second time. I want you guys to get it. So this was written about 1400 BC, um, the book of Deuteronomy. So this is, this, is, this is it. This is kind of like the last of Moses's life And he is wanting, he's writing with such a sense of urgency because he wants these people to get it. I mean, listen, he has been riding this road with these people for 40 years. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? When you go through struggles with people, your relationship fortifies. You build relationship during those times. I feel like he probably has like a fatherly kind of like thing that he wants to just lean into them about. And this is a turning point in history, this was where they're, they're facing new foes. They're facing new temptations. They're facing new leaderships, and they're gaining new territory. This is the moment with, that God had spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob about, that you're going to enter into the promised land, and these are the ones that are doing it. These are the ones that are doing it. So it's, it's a big history moment. Deuteronomy is the proclamation of the second chance. Isn't that something? Don't you love that we serve a God who just has infinite grace, For us in Deuteronomy, 35 times it says go in and possess 35 times go in and possess go in and possess 34 times. It says this is the land the Lord your God is giving you not. This is the land that you're going to have to fight tooth and nail for, but this is the land. The Lord your God he's become personal. He's not just the God he is your God is giving to you 34 times. I mean, if my mama told me something 34 times, I'd be like, man, I think she wants me to remember that. (laughs) 34, yes, got it. Gotcha, mom and dad, gotcha. Um, So as they are poised to enter, Moses vividly recalls with them God's faithfulness. The whole book of Deuteronomy is remember. Remember this, remember this. Remember, there is no one like our God. There is no one like him. Some of the words we're gonna dig in to that. And as we are reminded of his faithfulness, it fuels us to the next next. Think about that for a minute. When you begin to remember what God has done for you, it fuels you for your next next. I know it does me. And that's what that's what that's what worthy of it all does to me. Because I'm remembering how worthy He is. How worthy he is. I've lived on the planet long enough to have moments marked in my life where I'm going, oh. You are so worthy of it all. You're worth it all, and you are worthy of it all. Worthy of it all. And he reminds them of their unique covenant relationship. See, it's not just about the law. It's about a covenant relationship, and that's where this thing kind of takes a turn. As Moses is seeing that, you know what? It's not just about law. It's about relationship. He talks with a strong sense of urgency. He says, I, this is where it says, I have set before you today life and blessing, death and cursing. Therefore, choose life. He's going, I, this is, this, these are your choices. And just in case you don't know which one to choose, he says, choose life. So he is speaking with urgency. He's going, I don't even, I don't even want you to think about it. Don't even wait. Don't even think about it. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life. Choose blessing, people. Let's, don't even think about it. Choose blessing, the book is a plea for obedience, to obey. And what, we, what Moses has learned is that obedience, it comes out of a sense of God's love for us. That that law just wasn't a set of rules so that God could be a dictator and just be all powerful and just be like, just do what I say. He didn't have some big ego. But those, those laws were laid in place because it's what makes us, it's what's going to make us the happiest. It is the best for us. It's what's going to cause us to prosper. It's what's going to protect us. It is. That's what that's for. And Moses gets that. And he is trying to push that in. Like, remember, like, remember, every time we obeyed, woohoo! And every time we did not, wah-wah-wah. right? This is what it says. What does the Lord your God require of you but to Fear. Fear in the way of wonder and awe. Isn't that beautiful? That we don't have a God that, it, that tries to scare us into following him. But this is the kind of fear that just puts us in wonder and in awe. That you just can't help but when you're in your presence just to be like, <gasps> so wild. Um, I shared with the kids this past Sunday that I remember having a dream. Um, and in my dream, someone was after me. You Anybody ever have one of those dreams? You know what I'm saying? I don't have them often, to be honest with you. I really, I dream well. I, pr- that's because I pray over myself. I'm like, Lord, while my subconscious, while I am not, I know how this brain is. It's a hot mess. so I'm going to need you to cover that in the night hours if it is left to its own. So very, very rare do I have something that is not good in my dreams. But in this dream, someone was chasing me. I knew I was in trouble and I, I, I duck into this building And I noticed my dad is there. And I'm like, ah, dad, I need somebody's after me and he can't help me. And I realize I am in trouble, in trouble. And in this dream, all of a sudden there's this big, like the biggest boom sound, you know, like when, like when it breaks the sound barrier kind of sound, you know what I'm talking about? Like them, like bigger than them boom, boom, boom faces that you ride up beside on college Road. you know what I'm saying? But it's like a big boom. I mean, and it was, I knew it was a foot. And it was just nothing but light. I could it was just nothing but light. And I knew in my dream it was God. And imme- I didn't even have time to think. Didn't think. Wasn't like, oh thank you, Lord. I mean, immediately in my dream, I am on the ground, prostate, prostrate. 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 <laughs> that word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. 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 Right. Yeah. But what it was the most amazing thing. And when I woke up, it was like God was going, I'm telling you, when you're in my, you can't help but be in my presence. When you're in my presence, you can't help but be in awe and in wonder. And sometimes I wonder if that's what it means when it says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess because you won't be able to help it. You will be face to face with him. That's something. That kind of fear that kind of wonder, that kind of awe. And he wants to have a relationship with us. And Moses is going, I know what that's like, people. I know what it's like to climb the mountain and be in his presence. I know what it's like for his voice to thunder, for the earth to quake, for the clouds to be gathered around. He knew what that was like. Deuteronomy 34 says there's no one that knew God, that God knew face to face like he did with Moses. Can you imagine? Wow. But what does the Lord, your God require of you but to fear the Lord, your God, to be in awe and wonder of him, to walk in all his ways, because when we're in awe and wonder of him, I'm going to I'm going to want to walk in that. Honestly, I'm going to want to do that. And it says to love him. And I love the fact that it says to walk in all his ways first and then love him, because when you walk in his ways, you're going to love him. You know what I'm saying? When you walk alongside of him, man, you're going to love him because you're going to see him and you're going to feel that love and that that, that he has for you to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart. I love to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart. Not out of duty, not out of do, but out of what's in your heart. Isn't that beautiful? I love that so much. Um, with all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes. That's in Deuteronomy 10. It's also in the book of Deuteronomy that Christ, he is the, Moses is the only person to whom Jesus actually compares himself to. Didn't know that. I'm like, who? Jesus composed. He don't compare to nobody. But this is what he says in John 5:46. It says, for if you believed Moses, you'll believe me. But if you do not believe his writings, then how will you believe my words? Because Moses was speaking the very words that God was putting in his heart. Jesus was speaking the very words that God was putting in his heart. He's going, if you, if you can't believe Moses, you might not. It's the same voice. It's the same one. It's interesting, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? It is Jesus who quoted Deuteronomy. As the most important commandment, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He quotes that from Deuteronomy. It is um, Deuteronomy that he quotes when he's tempted in the wilderness. In the wilderness. Moses in the wilderness. And it's Jesus who quotes Moses' words when he is tempted by the enemy in the wilderness. How significant that Christ was perfectly obedient to the Father, even to death, that he used this book on obedience to demonstrate his submission to the Father's will. That that is something, isn't it? That is something that all of Moses's life points to the life of Jesus. And then while Jesus is breathing his life, he's. He's pointing back to Moses. He's going, see, it was written in the story the whole time, y'all. Whole time. I'm the fulfillment. I am the fulfillment of the law. See, you can't do it. Your due will never be enough. Deuteronomy, it will your due will never be enough. He always will. And more. And more, right? So, okay, so here are my three little points about um, Deuteronomy and the life of Moses. Moses was writing this as a to-do list. This is a to-do list to the people of Israel, and these are the words. These are his last words. But I think what, what makes me dumbfounded is the fact that these are the last words of Moses, but Moses actually is the one who recorded the first words of God. Moses not only wrote Deuteronomy, but it is Moses who wrote Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Moses is recording the whole beginning of not just his story, but our story. These words, these words are so significant. And it blows my mind that, man, wow, that is something. Can you imagine? having that kind of relationship where you are writing the beginning of the story. These are his last words, but he wrote the first ones. These are some of the words that God gave Moses. I just want to read really several passages out of Deuteronomy because they're so um, significant. So significant that that's what Moses spent his last little time on the planet writing. My poor little Bible is just falling apart. But that's okay. I love it so much. You just stay together for me. We're going to find you. So in Deuteronomy 4, 32 through 33, it says this. Actually, I'm going to go to 29. Sorry about that. It says, for there you will seek the Lord your God. You're going to find him if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. He's going to listen. I'm telling you, if you look for God, you're going to find him. So don't think when you go into this promised land that he ain't there. I'm t- you look for him, he's going to be there. He has always been there. He was a fire. He was a cloud. He produced the manna. He was the burning bush. He was the Red Sea crossing. He is the one who led us when we fought enemies that were greater and mightier than, than we were. This is the God. I'm telling you, if you look for him, you're going to find him. You will find him. In verse 32, it says, For ask now concerning the days that are past which were before you since the day that God created man on the earth and asked from one end of heaven to the other. He's going, to, I want you to ask anybody. Ask anybody, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, all them, all them people back there. Have they ever seen or heard anything like this? Like this? Have they ever from one end of heaven to the other, whether any great thing like this has happened or anything like it has been heard. Did any people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire? As you have heard and lived, he's going to want you to think about it. Think about it. Remember, remember verse 37. It says, and his presence, with his mighty power. Verse 39, Therefore know this day and consider in your heart that the Lord himself, he is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath and there is no other. There is none other. Over and over, Moses makes this problem. There is no other God. Why? Because that was the number one problem that they had. First commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. And man... Every time, every time they entered a land, oh, let's look at their gods. Oh, that's that's so pretty. And we look at that and we're going, man, gosh, I wish they'd have got it. I mean, oh my gosh, wow. No other gods before you. I mean, that, check. But listen, I had to ask myself, do I have other gods that are in front of my God sometimes? What are they? And I need to get rid of them because I can tell you we all do. Every single one of us have something that just kind of wants to stand in front of our vision of who God is. And I can tell you, mine is people. I mean, not the you people get in the way of my God. It's all your fault. (laughs) No, I just mean like I, I want to please people. And sometimes I will spend so much energy and so much effort in trying to make right with people or try to please people that I forget who I'm working for. I forget, he just, he just wants me to, he just wants me to do what he's asked me to do. I'm not, I'm not called to be everybody's savior. No, no, no. He sent Jesus for that. I can't do that. But he does say, whatever you do, do it with all your heart, with all my heart. Whatever I do, do me, do me, whatever it is he has put on my heart to do. I'm gonna tell you, he lives in there. He's the one who lives in our heart so we can trust our heart because he lives in our heart. I don't mean trust our feelings. I'm talking about trusting the Holy Spirit that can lead us and lead our heart. That's what I mean. That's what I mean by that. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 is where I would like to park. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength. And these words, which I command you today, it will be in your heart. You will teach them diligently to your children. You will talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, you will bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Listen, he is leaving these words so that we can pass these words on. He's saying, you need to teach these to your children. And look, we're talking about him right now. Don't tell me his word is not alive and not full of power. Because we're talking about him right now. Right? And so we need to get these words in our hearts so that we too can teach our children. Because it's not just about us. It's about the generations. Right? Um. 6, 5 through 9, yep, 620. I'm going to skip to verse 20, same chapter. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is the meaning of these testimonies, these statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded you, then you will say to your son, we were, slaves in, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe, against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in. He don't ever pull you out of somewhere that he doesn't have a place he's bringing you in. Isn't that good? It is good. Thank you for that. That's good. That was good. I like it. And when you go to verse 24 and it says, for our good, always. For our good, always. He doesn't, he, he has always put our good in front. Isn't that, isn't that something you can trust? I mean, listen, I've got wonderful people in my life, but I'm going to tell you what. People don't, unintentionally cannot do you good. But God will do you good, always. Man, that's that's. I'm like Moses. I, you're right. You're right. I am. I am going to follow him. I'm, yes, let's do it. Um, Deuteronomy eleven verses eighteen through twenty one. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. Bind them as a sign on your hand that they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. I mean, listen, Moses is painting a picture. He's going to listen. If you can't remember, then listen, write it on your hand. Put it it right there on your head. Stamp it on your doorpost. Do what you got to do so that you remember who your God is. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land. See, it's our decision to obey doesn't just affect us. The decision is mine, but the results are generational. I'm sorry, that is, um, thank you, chapter 11. Woo, woo, way to go. Um, my, this is one of my favorites, Deuteronomy 30 and 11. I need a bigger table. I've got a big Bible up here. Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 29, 29 got 3011 but that's not where I'm going I'm going 2929. It says this the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to you and your children forever. That means that is eternal. The thing the secret things they're all God's but the things he reveals to you the things that are revealed they are for you and your children. Forever. Do you know I'm talking about? Have you ever had a revelation from the Lord? Yeah, that's yours. Ain't nobody take that away. That's for you and your children. When you get a revelation, that's for you and your babies forever. Doesn't expire. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, 30, 11. For this commandment which I command you today, it is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. He's going, let me, let me just explain something to you. Just because I'm going away and just because you're going into a new land, you don't have to send nobody. You ain't got to fetch nobody. I'm telling you these words that I'm talking about right now. He said they are they are near to you. You don't have to go and fetch them and go get them. It is not in heaven that you should say, well, who's going to go up into heaven for us and bring it down to us that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, well, who's going to go across the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Moses says, but the word is very near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life, good, death, evil, man. It doesn't get much clearer than that. I have s- Here's the table. Life, good, death, evil. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days. He's like, man, you want to know how to survive, man? This is it. Cling to him. Cling to him. These are the words that Moses is sending out into the people. And he's saying, remember, remember, remember to obey, remember to obey, because there is there is no other God. I'm sorry. Did did you see any other God lead you across the Red Sea? No, you did not. When you were hungry, did any other God feed you manna? First door dash ever. The first portable church was Moses and the tabernacle. Did he not supply a way? Did he not pull water out of a rock? Did he not allow you to defeat the enemy when they were greater and mightier than you? Was there anyone else that showed up for the job? Nope, there is none other. He says it's so that you may know. So that you may know. So the first point is Deuteronomy is about the to-dos. The second one is an acrostic of D, O. You decide to obey. Decide to obey. That's what Deuteronomy is about. Decide to obey. And it's so much easier when you're in his presence. Isn't it? Isn't it so much easier to say yes to God when you're in his presence? I mean, we know that. I mean, man, we we do so much better when we were around our parents when we were little. Right? I wasn't stealing no cookies out of the cookie jar when mom was around. But I might be enticed if she wasn't standing there in the kitchen. Right? Yeah. So much easier to say yes to God when we're in his presence so that we may know him. You've heard the the saying, um, to know better is to do better. So get what people mean by that. To know better is to do better. Now listen, I can know better and not do better. I know better than eat a Hershey bar before I come up here and speak. But we did it anyway. Right? Have a carbonated Diet Coke and it sit right here while I'm up here but I did it anyway, right? We can know better and not necessarily do better. But Moses is talking about so that you may, when you know him, that it's not head knowledge, no. It's know him. It's not about the do, it's it's the who. When you know the who of who he is, you will do better. When you get the who, you can do the do. Because it's all all about the relationship and I know do the do that probably doesn't sound really good but it's okay <laughs> it's not what you know but it's who you know and when you know him when you're in how do you know him you get into his presence and listen you don't have to summon him he is he's already there when it says call to me and I will answer show you great mighty things you don't know you call to him for you not for him you don't You don't have to call him like a dog. He's there. He said, I am with you always. God said, I am with you. See, there is a cloud leading you by day. There is a fire leading you by night. I got you. I am with you. He had to teach them that because they were coming out of slavery where nobody was with them. Their eyes were down in the mortar and God was teaching them to look up. Look up to me. I got you. I got you. I am with you you it's so much easier to obey when we know him and to know God I was thinking about um we had gone to Clover Meadows. Meadows thank you and um we got they had like little pumpkin you know patch and they had like the mums and man it was a big old mum y'all it was it was big and so I, I don't do really good with plants I'm so sorry, but I don't. I don't do that, that good with them. But when I bought, I'm going, this year. This year's going to be my year. I'm going to take care of this mom. He's going to last till Thanksgiving, okay? Just give me Thanksgiving, mom. We can do it, you know? And so I go to pay for it, and they say, okay, now this is what you do to take care of your mom. You're going to fill up your sink. You know, just fill up to the bottom of your sink. And you're just going to place that mom right in there for a couple of hours. Let that thing just soak up that water. And then you, you pull that thing right back out. Y'all, my mom is still living. It's looking mighty pretty. Because why? Because he's sat, he's sitting, he's just sitting and just soaking up from the bottom up. You got to pour it all out on top, but he is just sitting there and just just soaking up all those nutrients. And that's what happens when we just sit in his presence. Isn't that what Jesse and, and Andrew were talking about? Just being in his presence, just being present in a moment. Just sit there a minute with the Lord. Just soak him in. And I'm going to tell you what, those colors are so vibrant. That thing is so green. And I, it, I know, right? It is a Christmas miracle in October. Um, listen, and Moses knew what he was talking about because he is the one that knew God face to face. What are the experiences that establish your no? No. You know what I mean? Like when you sit in His presence, just, When you're, when you're with Him, when you have those moments that you know that no one can take away from you. You know, Jesus said that to Martha and Mary. Martha was all about the business of serving, and we all, we all down the up. I have been, I've been Martha, but I love that Mary is sitting, and He said, "Listen, Martha, Martha, listen. Mary has chosen this good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I'm telling you, when you give Him." Your presence in his presence, you don't miss nothing. He said, that's a good part. It will never be taken away from you. Never be taken away from you. Those moments when it's just been me and God, I mean, me, only me and God maybe get them. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can take those away from me. I know. I know what it's like. I know what it's like just when God's all you got. You know what I'm saying? I do. I get it. I was pregnant at 19. Just me and God. Me and God. I know what it's like to just, those moments when he made a way, when there was no way. There was no way, and he made a way. I know that in my knower. When I prayed to God for the, um, I was in eighth grade, and I did one of those, Lord, if you're real prayers. You know what I'm saying? And I even confessed to God. I don't want to even say, God, if you're real, because I know you're real. I just, really, I just really want you to answer this prayer. My mom is crying and she doesn't have a job and she's a single mom and she's got two kids and I, I, I need her to be okay, God. I need her to have a job. Can you, will you, will you can, you? can you do that for this pitiful eighth grade prayer? And when I got home, my mama had two jobs, y'all. Two, one, two. I'll never forget that. I know, I know what it's like to pray and him answer like that. I know what it's like to, um, I was asked to speak at a conference where people actually paid to hear what I'm about to say. <laughs> it was about 800 women. I was very nervous. It's one of my first times, first times, you know, I was out of town. And so I had, stu- I had studied, I had studied, I had studied, I had fasted. I had prayed. I mean, I probably fasted a month. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm just like, oh, I got to get this thing right. And not because I, I, just, I just wanted to be pure about it. I didn't mean to be, you know, like religious about it or whatever. It's like, no, I got to fast. I got to pray. I got to study. I got to do all the things. And went to the conference. And so the whole time, you know, there are other people going shopping, going to the outlet malls, and then they're going out to eat. I'm like, no, no, no. I got to study, study right here. And I even had an armor bearer. Lord, y'all ever been, y'all, y'all ever heard one of them? At, somebody came up to me and said, I want to be your arm barrel. I was like, okay. I, was like, I don't even know what that means, but that's going to be awesome. You know, she'd be like, Do you want anything to eat? No, 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 because I'm fasting. So just water for me, thanks. And I, st- I mean, stayed up all night studying. And y'all, exactly. The next morning, them notes looked like I, none of it made sense. None of it. And so I'm going to the, I'm going, oh, dear Lord, heavens, these people have paid. They have paid money. I, do, I got nothing. And so I'm sitting there with my armor bearer. <laughs> and I am like sick to my stomach. I'm going, I just don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just going, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. And I hear the, she's going, okay, you guys are going to take a 10 minute break. You guys go ahead and go to the bathroom and get your coffee. And the cold rock is going to come up. And I'm just going Whoa. I just ran right straight to the bathroom. I came back, and I'm telling you, the Lord said, out clear as day, he I says, want, I want you to trust me here for a minute. I want you to leave that notebook right there. I want you to head on up there. Speak without your notes. I was like, what? I was like, armor bearer, did you hear that? Because <laughs> if you didn't, then I'm going up there with my notes. I thought, oh my heavens. And I thought, you know what? I would rather at the end of this thing go, you know what? I have no notes. <laughs> I would rather err on the side of obeying what he asked me to do than to think that I tried to do it with my notes. Y'all said, okay, Nicole Roberts. And I'm just like, Up there, and I'm gonna tell you, I have to this day, I have no idea what that sermon was. I have no idea what I spoke, none, none. But it was good. It was really good. I knew because I felt it. I I had, but I had no clue. But those are moments that I know in my knower when he tells you. I mean, you, you, you just do it. And so, y'all, listen. I was telling the group this morning, like, look, I, I study so much different than all my peers. I mean, Tim, he has a beautiful, polished message every Sunday. Anointed, beautiful. I even remember how you taught us how to study one time. I took notes, good notes, Tim. (laughs) Harriet, she can write hers, and it's like a sword. I mean, she can (laughs) write, it's done, like that. Gina will write hers like three, four weeks, five months in advance. Have it memorized. Me, I just study. I just study. I got ten pages of notes up here, y'all, but it will not come together until the morning of. Every time. But I know him. I know where he'll show up. I don't know how he does it, but he does. Those are things that happen when we're in when we're in his presence. Um, those moments when he wakes you up in the middle of the night and has you pray over something, and then you find out whoa, wowzer. He didn't need me to come into agreement with him, but he called me so that he will know we participated in this together Has something. I mean, just something, something. I remember one time um, Colin, uh, I woke up, I mean, Randy was still watching TV or something, and I had fallen asleep, and I woke up kind of like, and I was like, I feel like we're supposed to pray for Colin. I mean, just woke up just like that. I was talking to pray for Colin. He was like, like right now? I was like, yep, right, right now. And so I began to pray. And about five minutes later, Colin comes in the door. He says, man, you're not going to believe what just happened to me. He said, man, I was out there getting gas. He said, and you know, because he didn't have air conditioning in that sweet little car of his at the time. And he said, I had rolled up my window because there was a spider. He's scared to death of spiders. And he rolled up his window. And on this particular night, he never has his window, never has it up. And someone came running up to his car, banging to get in and wanted to rob him. He said, "Mama." He said, "I didn't even know how much gas I had, but I cut that thing on and I ran off." He said, "I'm telling you what," he said, "I just don't even know about the people at that gas station." He said, "That was something." I was just like, "Oh, wow, that's amazing." And Randy went, "Your mama just woke up out of a deep sleep and started praying over you. Do you know how real your God is? He put that spider on your window. I mean, you know what I'm saying. But you know what I mean. These are like little, but these are the things." These are the things that Moses is going, do you remember? Do you remember how God was there for you? Do you remember? Because when you do, it will fuel you. It will fuel you to your next next, to get in his presence. And my last point is this, is um, the Deuteronomy is a book about to-dos. It's about just decide to obey. Decide to obey, it's so much easier in his presence. And the last one is it's, it's a covenant, not a contract. That it's about the I do. Isn't that beautiful how all through Scripture, it's almost like a, it's a covenant relationship, like the bridegroom and the bride, right? It's, it's an I do. It's a covenant relationship. Jesus says, I do. And Moses is pointing, pointing to Jesus because Jesus said, I, I do, I do. Um, the Magnolia Magazine, anybody get that? Love it. Um, but the, the new one, it's called The Pursuit of Presence. And I thought, oh, man, that's so good. I love that. And we were just talking about that, Jess, right? Pursuit of presence, and and then it hit me. Wow, we don't have to pursue his presence. His presence pursues us. His presence pursues us every time. Every time. It was God who came to Adam. It It was the burning bush that called Moses. It was goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It was Jesus who came to earth. We don't have to pursue his presence. His presence pursues us. And in Revelation, he says, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hear my voice, don't you love that? He's talking to you through the door. I love that. That's one of my favorite things that was revealed to me when I read that one time. I was like, oh, he's knocking. He's going, hey, Nicole, what you doing up in there? But as he's knocking, he's talking. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he said, I'll come in. I'll come in. I'll sit and I'll sup with you. We'll, We'll talk together. That's relationship. That's covenant relationship. That's not a contract. That's not a like, thank you for obeying me and uh, have a good day. This is a, this is a covenant relationship. We don't have to pursue him. He is, pursuing. he is pursuing us. Jesus said, I am with you always. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. We're connected. We're in covenant relationship together. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me. You can do nothing, but with me, you can do anything. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ, because he will give me the strength, right? I love that. Um, It's in him that we live and move and have our being. In him, that covenant relationship, in his presence is the fullness. I love that. In his presence is the fullness of joy, That following him isn't some big obligation, you know, yes, sir, military-like thing. It is a covenant, beautiful relationship. Yep. Yep. There we go. So you can do it. Deuteronomy is a book that reminds us that we can do it. We can do it because we have a God that is with us. It says we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. And Moses has given us the words. He's going here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Moses didn't even know he was pointing to Jesus. Not something he he didn't even know Jesus. he didn't know that he was pointing that way. And Deuteronomy closes out with a song and a blessing. And then it says that there was no one who knew God like Moses face to face. And that he died Full vision, full of vigor. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he won't sick. And I believe this. We always read this, this, and he was like a wah, 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 Poor Moses. He doesn't get to enter the land. Everyone else gets to go in, but Moses and his disobedience is on the other side. Y'all, I think Moses, I think he was feeling pretty good. I think he was like, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I messed up. I did. But guess what? Guess what? I know what my future holds. I know my future I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Me and God, we had a good ride. Man, you, you Hebrews, we, we had a good ride. Man, now listen, y'all go ahead and possess the land. I got another land I'm going to. I wonder if this could have been his song. He's going to peace out, y'all. Go ahead and Take the land. I got some land I'm going to go possess too. Me and the Lord, we good. We done this deal. Can't you just see? Check y'all later. Don't you know? I do. I absolutely believe that Moses went off going, you know what? This has been awesome. Thank you, Lord. This is great. He left that mountain and went right up to be with his Lord. Isn't that something? That's so good. Hey, I'm going to let you... What time is it? Yep, I'm going to let you guys um, talk in your groups for just a little bit. I want you guys... See, the whole thing of Deuteronomy is Moses is pointing to the life of Jesus. He's pointing to the life of Jesus. What is it about your life that is pointing to Jesus? And if you don't know... If you see somebody in your group and you know what is pointing their life to Jesus, go ahead and call them out on that. You know what I'm saying? So we'll give you just a few minutes... For real, for real. Okay, we're going to close out and then let you guys go, and we'll just check out the polls and see how all that's rolling. Um, But I just want to close out with this one little thing. Um, You know, remember when Moses went right when he was in the presence, right? When he went up in the, when he came back down, he was so shiny that. Uh, they had to wear shades. You know what? The future so bright. Got to wear shades. He. That's where he. They had to veil their faces. Either he had to be veiled, or those around him had to be veiled, because being in the presence of the Lord just radiated such light. Isn't that something? Yeah. Um, my whole trip to Australia was just marked with his presence. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like the, like the, the whole thing. I have never known what it was like to have like a like a whole bunch of time to where it's just. The shoe never dropped. You know what I'm talking about? I've always been kind of like I'm just waiting. I'm just, okay. Yeah, this probably ain't gonna last long. No man. I mean the entire the entirety of planning the trip, all of it, like even going to get my passport renewed. Like I even that little piece as I'm as I'm driving up to um. To get my passport ready I'm like oh man I forgot to get this one piece of information and I'm like oh my gosh now I can't get it And I mean I was just like stressing out and I called my mom she had the information everything was I was like wow ma'am that is that is amazing so I, I'm just like well okay so I go in to get my passport and I, I, you know, I pay the money I fill out the forms and you know you sit in the chair and I'm at UNCW and then you know the little college fellows just taking the picture and this every insecurity I've ever had in my whole life comes out in this little moment because he's taking the picture and he goes <laughs> y'all about four or five times and I'm sitting there going hold dear hands what in the world is happening I'm like can you just tell me something like what in the world I mean but I'm sitting there, and he's just going. And this is where he says, "Man, I don't know what's going on." He says, "This has never happened before," and I'm going, "Fabulous." He says, "But um, you're too shiny." <laughs> oh, well, thanks. It's just a me and the glory thing going on. It's just the radiance of the Lord just go ahead and give that thing one more shot you know he's just like I just don't know what I don't know here's some tissue maybe maybe you can just kind of like can you just kind of wipe some of that I'm like I'm sorry Kleenex there ain't enough Kleenex to wipe this shine off you know what I'm saying y'all I ain't never but you know when we are in his presence his light can't help it just can't help but but shine through so I'm like well why? that was I got in the car I was like Lord that was funny that was funny. I'm going to put that in my, in my pocket because that was hilarious. Ain't God just fun? Ain't he just fun? I just love that so much. Um, so I hope, thank you for just listening to all my ramblings tonight. And um, Harriet's got one thing that she is going to read for us. Yes. Yeah, y'all can stand up. I know you're ready to go. We're going to
0: pray and head on out. Head home. See what kind of country we're going to have tomorrow morning. Okay, Okay. Psalm 90 is actually the Song of Moses. I don't know if you know that or not, but it is really cool that it's stuck there in the Psalms. So I'm going to read that over you, and then I'm going to send you on your way. I told Nicole when I first read it, I thought it was going to be, you know, sweet, like, you know, this victory. It's it's quite scathing, so just, you know... (sighs) You know, it's fine though. I mean, it it comes around at the end. It's awesome. So it says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place. Now, this is a song. He's singing it. Remember, she said at the end, and you can read it in Deuteronomy as well. At the end, he sings a song, the song of Moses, and then he also proclaims a blessing over the people. So he says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were born, or thou didst give birth to the earth and the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man back into dust. You say, return, O children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are like yesterday when it passes by. Or as a watch in the night, thou hast swept them away like a flood, they fall asleep. In the morning they are like grass which sprouts anew. In the morning it flourishes and sprouts anew, but toward evening it fades and it withers away. For we have been consumed by thy anger, and in thy wrath we have been dismayed. Thou hast placed our iniquities before you. Your, our secret sins are in the light of your presence. For all of our days have declined in thy fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they, can, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger or your fury according to the fear that is due thee? So teach us to number our days, that we may present to thee a heart of wisdom. Do return, O Lord, how long will it be? And be sorry for your servants. O satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Make us glad according to the days that thou hast afflicted us and the years that we have seen evil. Let thy work appear to your servants and your majesty to their children and let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and do not and do confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. Isn't that cool? That's kind of... And then next week, um, I'm going to kind of tell you a little bit about Moses' last day in the book of Deuteronomy was written the last day of Moses' life. That is what most scholars believe. It was written in a day. And um, it's just a beautiful thought to think that those chapters that he, it was so important for him to put them down. But um, So we're going to get into that a little bit next week more and put a good period at the end of our of our series. So Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for Nicole who dished it out tonight, Lord, who gave us a meal. It was awesome. We thank you, Lord, um, that you are always leaving us with a beautiful picture of Jesus when we open the word. And so we thank you for your servant, Moses. We thank you that he pointed us all along the way and that your word spoke to us and fed us tonight. God, we thank you that you are the kindest one that we know. And we ask that tonight, even as we go, that we will be kept in safety and health And over every one of these women and over their families, God, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I ask that you would keep them all um, free from any sickness or harm. God, that you will bring us all back together next week, safe and sound, and be with those who are sick tonight. God, heal their bodies. And we just thank you so much. We pray. Uh, a prayer over the election, just for our country in general. God, bring us back together as a nation under you. We love you, Jesus. And we just, just praise your name tonight. Thank you for our time together in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. I love you guys. It's so good to see you. So hopefully we'll have a whole bunch of us back next week. (laughs) The people off their sick beds, they'll be back.